All right, hello and welcome to the second episode of the Grappling with Fatherhood podcast, a place where we talk about the lessons learned in parenting, jujitsu, and where they sometimes converge. My name is Blake. I am a jujitsu brown belt and the father of two small kids. And my co-host is Uday Maholtra. My name is Uday Maholtra. I'm a father of two little girls, ages three and seven, and I'm a black belt in jujitsu. Awesome. Uh, how was your week, Uday? Tell me about uh, tell me about where you're at right now. Man, yeah, I uh, I've had a pretty good week. I'm a little I'm a little wiped to be honest with you. You may hear it in my voice a little bit. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time traveling this week with my family. We went up to uh, the Pacific Northwest to visit some of my wife's family. And then last night I taught a, a competition camp. It was like a two hour competition camp. And, you know, if you've been to my classes, you know, there's a lot of like, ah, go, go, go. And so it takes a toll on my voice. So apologies to everyone. Um, if I don't sound so great. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the people in my house maybe like it because I don't talk as much. It's funny because last week we were recording actually the morning after you had a comp class too. And yeah. so um, yes. I just, I love that this, people just think this is what you sound like from here on out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I try to drink as much tea and honey this morning to sound like a normal human, but uh, right. that's not in the cards. Yeah, man, we had the inverse. So my uh, in-laws came and visited us for the weekend and we had a bunch of uh, kids running around the house. Super refreshing. Uh, also very stressful and emotional. Uh, we talked about this last week with kids. It's so funny, man. The things that we think are fun for them are also like a source yeah. of stress. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, I think Owen slept for like days, man. He has been wiped out since they left. So, um, oh it's gosh. awesome, man. And then, That's yeah, great. you know, training's training. <laughs> I'm at the yes. gym as much as I yes. can be. Yes. Nice. Good, man. Yeah, dude. Um, let's talk about this week in fatherhood. Yeah, TWIF, as we're, as we're calling it, right? TWIF. <laughs> the TWIF, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, a couple things for me, you know, I think one of the things I'm, I've am i tried to be a little bit more intentional about lately is is when I speak with the kids, and actually when I speak just in any, any real kind of setting, is, is being really intentional about using the word and and but, right? And, and just being really thoughtful about how I'm using those, right? So like when I use but... So if I say, hey, that's a really cool shirt, but I like the green one better. That's like, it basically negates what I just said, right? Like, it, it the, I like the green shirt, but nope, I don't like the green shirt anymore, right? Like, if I say, I like the green shirt, and I think you should try the pink one today, you know, right? Like, hey, I think the salmon's really good, and I think today I'm going to do this, whatever, right? Like, it's just more intentional language. And the first time I heard this, I'm probably doing what a lot of people are doing right now is roll their eyes so hard. I actually, my, my old boss told me this and, um, and I rolled my eyes so hard when I heard it. And then I started trying to do it and it really made a difference in the way I speak. I just caught myself saying, and about five times in that very sentence. Right. So like, <laughs> I, I just think, um, you know, especially when speaking with kids, it's super important to be t intentional about how you speak. Yeah, so it's interesting. A similar idea with like deflection with Owen. Uh, instead of shutting yeah. something down, it's giving him options. So uh, it's a similar yeah. idea, but but different. Where um, <coughs> Owen might be like doing something I don't want him to do, and instead of running up and being like, "Stop," you know, putting your head in the oven. Yeah, I say, "Hey, bud, um, how about we do these? Give him three options of other things to do, right? Instead of just saying no yeah. to that, like." giving him a sort of smorgasbord of, of, of concepts and fun things that could like also be equally as fun as something that, you know, might lead to social services being called. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah. um, cool, man. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, as I think about TWIF as well, you know, one of the other things that kind of rings true to me this week is like, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we went, we went on a family trip to Seattle and Portland uh, to visit my wife's family and my youngest daughter, Shia, who's usually like, look, she's, she's a stubborn kid, super stubborn about everything, but she's also pretty amenable. Like she understands, right? Like she's like, okay, um, we're going on this plane and we're going to this trip and I want to sit in the window and I want to eat this and I want to drink that. And usually she, she knows what she wants and we accommodate, right? If it's not re ridiculously unreasonable this week, She's like, you know, it's cold up there. It's chilly. It's chilly here in LA. And so we're like, hey, you got to wear pants 
and you got to wear a jacket. And she's in this phase where she's like, I want to wear a pretty dress and there's not a fucking thing you can do to stop me. And I'm not going to wear pants and I'm not going to wear a jacket. And if you try, we're going to fight. And we're not going to fight with words. We're going to fight with fists, Papa. And it's like that. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, yeah. take it easy. Oh, yeah. Relax, right? And so, um, so you know, it was, it was a constant battle trying every morning, trying to get her to put on pants with her dress and a jacket. I mean, last night or yesterday morning, rather, she had absolute meltdown. We're back in L.A. She had an absolute meltdown going to school, which, again, she's stubborn, but it's not like her to throw a tantrum when she's stubborn. Um, yeah. And so, you know, one of the cool things when we were in Seattle is, you know, to me, I felt like I had to win this battle, right? Like I had to like, no, Shia, you got to wear your pants. You got to do it. You got to do it. And it, it just felt like a battle that I had to win to, to let her know that whining isn't going to work and that, dude, I want once you get sick. I'm on your side here, right? And one of the things, Van, my wife um, called out to me, is like, you know, just just let her let her do it. You know, we'll take the pants with us when we go out. We'll take the jacket with us. And just let's go. Don't worry about it. And, you know, I, I appreciate that approach because it was like it didn't have to be a battle. Yeah. And I think as I think more critically about it, you know, it's like letting her make her own decisions is going to help her become a more confident decision maker. Right. She's going to learn through experiences like we all do. Right. Like there's an old adage of, you know, you got to let the kid put their hand on the stove enough to let them know it's hot. Don't put your hand on the stove. And obviously, like, this is a far cry from that. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, let her learn from her mistake. If she's going to get sick, if she doesn't wear pants and a jacket, she's going to get sick. If she's going to get sick, she's going to miss out on these experiences with her cousins out in the Pacific Northwest. Right. And so she doesn't want that. We don't want that. And so we articulated that to her. She made the decision to wear her. Uh, no, no pants, no, no jacket. And of course she didn't get sick. So like egg in my face, right? Like, <laughs> but uh, you know, she, she's learning from her own experiences. Right. And yeah. so um, funny thing happened this morning though. So I took her to school. I took her to school and today, you know, it's going to be a little bit warmer today. And so we're like, Hey, it's okay. You can wear your shorts under your dress. And we get out of the car at school and she goes, Huh. Papa, I told you it's cold today. Where's my jacket? And I was like, come on, kid. What are you doing to me? At that point, it's so, so hard because you know, you're like, all right, you're doing the thing. It's like, what's more important? Is it more important to be right or is it yeah. more important that you wear your jacket? You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's always more so, important you know, that you wear the jacket. But God, that is it, that's yeah, hilarious. Just stay healthy, you know? Yeah. Like, so I got her a jacket, obviously, without much battle, right? Like, I just, right, cool, here you go. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, again, the takeaway for me there is like, you know, just like everyone, we learn best from our experience, right? Someone could tell me something until I'm blue in the face. Someone someone could show me an arm bar until I'm blue in the face. Someone could walk me through the steps. But until I actually physically do the arm bar, I like it's, it's speaking French to me, right? I understand it conceptually. I can watch the videos. But until I do it and get the feel for it, and it's the same thing with, with this little battle I had with my daughter, um, so that was a, that was a rough moment, but a good learning experience for both of us, I think. Yeah, man. I wanted to, um, I wanted to share something with you and maybe to the parents, um, other parents listening unrelated sort of to your story, kind of related to your story, um, yeah. that my wife taught me, and I think she learned it from, um, uh, her sister is this, uh, the 80, 20 rule when you travel. So at home, uh, we are like an 80, 20 house. So 80% of the time you know, here are the rules 20% of the time, you know, we, we just relax on the rules and, yeah. um, you know, that allows our kid not to feel like he lives in a crazy strict home, but you know, rules Love with it. reason almost and, and giving yourself some, yeah. some, uh, room to wiggle. And that ratio is reversed when you travel <laughs> is that 20% totally. totally. of the time you adhere to the rules and 80% of the time you're just surviving. Um, yeah. yeah. And it just kind of like, you know, with screens time with, you know, which fights are going to be the fights with like, which meals are going to yeah. be the ones that the kids actually sit down and eat. Like if, if only 20% of it, you know, works and the other 80% of it is just chaos, then it's a successful trip. Yeah, totally. Well, while we were out there, my brother-in-law took, uh, took the kids to, you know, you know, have you heard of the, like the flying fish in Portland? Yeah. 
like they throw the fish at each other. So there's like a little market there and they have like this, this candy store out there. And Shia, my three-year-old, walked in there with my brother-in-law and found a pretzel like this big, covered in caramel, covered in M&Ms. And she's like, I got to have that. Get out of my way. I'm getting that. And so we're like, all right, fuck it. Here you go. And like it lasted the entire trip. But it's like, you know, like you said, it's like we're on vacation with a family. I want her to enjoy these experiences. We'll go back to eating broccoli when we get home, right? Like yeah. we'll go back to eating healthy, but like you're a family, you're having a good time. It's okay. You know, relax the rules a little bit. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I think, so I had like a similar lesson, I think in, in fatherhood this week. Um, we had an, a, a situation where Owen's been really into riding skateboards with me lately, which I love. I grew up skateboarding. Um, it's it, you know, awesome. skate, skate culture is, is really important influence on my life. And so I'm obviously really excited that Owen wants to skateboard. If he wants to get me out of the house, he just has to ask me to go ride my skateboard and like, I will drop whatever yeah. I'm doing. Um, it's like, he figured out my trigger. So cool. I <laughs> love it. That's it's so cool. It's that or jujitsu. Like he, if he wants to go do jujitsu yeah. in the garage, it's like, he knows that'll get me out of my chair immediately. So um, <laughs> not that he it. needs to fight very hard, but you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. So uh, I was, riding with Owen, the way we do it um, is that I kind of hold Owen up on top of my skateboard while I push it. I've got a longboard and like a regular skateboard. Usually we've been riding the longboard around because it gives him a little bit more room. And he decided that he wanted to sit on the end of the longboard without standing and just kind of by himself on the end. And we're not going very fast. I didn't really see a problem with it. So he yeah. kind of gets like does what little kids do, gets a little lost in the sauce and starts putting his hand on the on the cement as we're riding. And like, Right as I'm like seeing it happen, he just falls right off the edge of the skateboard. And it wasn't a terrible fall, but it was scary. And especially because yeah. the skateboard is the thing that we always do for fun. And he hasn't had um, a, a situation on the skateboard that hurt yet. So it was like a lot of it was like, oh, man, like, you know, the skateboard betrayed me like this awesome, fun thing. And yeah. um, I, you know, when he's been doing this thing lately when he gets hurt, where he gets shy and doesn't let us see where he gets a boo-boo because I think he doesn't want the fun to stop. And also because he's shy about those feelings, about it being, you know, uh, emotionally vulnerable in those moments. He doesn't want, he's having a good time. He genuinely doesn't want to that good time to be interrupted by his physical discomfort. Totally. And totally. Uh, it's hard for me because, you know, I think I'm this like really progressive parent uh, and, you know, this progressive man who, talks about his emotions and uh, talks to my kid about how he should feel comfortable with his emotions, et cetera. And so I sat yeah. down and I started, you know, kind of walking him through it. Hey buddy, it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to have pain. Like, let me see your hands. And it occurred to me that like three days earlier, um, I was ollieing off of our, uh, our back porch, like not like an almost 40 year old man. Um, and <laughs> I went down. I had I had a pretty I had a pretty bad bad slam, and I immediately got up. And Owen was there watching me and didn't acknowledge that I got hurt. Right? Owen actually asked me. He's like, "Dad, are you okay? Like, are you, how, that looked gnarly, <laughs> and it was." And I was like, "No, no, no, buddy, I'm okay. Don't worry. Dad is fine. Dad is fine. Dad is okay." And I got up and started skating, skating again. And I realized that like the behavior that I was showing him was totally different than the behavior that I was expecting from him. Yeah. And it's like, ah, yeah. oh, man. So like I sat down with him and I was like, Hey man, remember the other day when I fell off the skateboard, I actually was really hurt. And, um, and I had an ouchie for a couple of days and, uh, and he was like, you got hurt. I was like, yeah, buddy, dad does get hurt too. And, you know, I had to yeah. realize that the behavior that I was showing just wasn't the behavior that I actually wanted to get from him. Um, yeah, it kind of totally checked my, my like progressive parenting ego. Totally. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's, it's important, especially at that young age, we're all kind of modeling the behavior, right? They say the first five are the most important years. And so, I, I mean, it's great. I think you checking yourself is probably really helpful for him to kind of be like, Oh, it sounds like he had that aha moment, right? He's like, Oh, you, you got hurt too, dad. Right. Like, so man. Good job, dude. Yeah, well, thanks. It's I think um, again, like I think you talk about this. We've talked about this before, but you know, your kids teach you just as often, just as much as you yeah. teach them. And it was a moment where I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it now. Like, this is how I need to show up for this." 
totally. Yeah, man. Can I ask you something? Shoot. So, so for those of you who can't see, who are, who are listening to the podcast, my man Blake has a has a bit of a shiner on his face. A bit of a shiner. And I'm curious. I'm curious to hear what what um, your family said when when you came home, right? Like, what, what did the kids say? What did your wife say? Like that. So my wife has been dealing with this crap for ten years. Um, we, yeah. I started ju- doing jujitsu kind of right around this time we started dating and, um, you know, we've had to cancel, uh, our engagement photo shoot. We've had like oh, all kinds of stuff around the stupid things that I've done to my body because of jujitsu. And it's, <laughs> you know, this, this, honestly, this black eye is probably the worst black eye I've ever had. Um, which is saying a lot because I'm a bottom player and I get smashed a lot. Um, but I, you know, I, I, it was through the perfect storm. My in-laws were here. My mother-in-law yeah. was here, you know, oh, like, and I walked home and oh, this no. was like a proper <laughs> hematoma, like golf ball size, yeah. like bump oh, on geez. the side of my eye, changed the shape of my face. And Becca is, Becca was actually like concerned. <laughs> she was like, this one, she was like, like, are you okay? And Owen kids are incredible dude they yeah. just didn't like owen was having a nap and becca went to him and was like hey dada has an ouchie on his face okay so you expect to see that like when you come out like dada has an ouchie <laughs> and so cool. owen came out and was so preoccupied with whatever else he was doing he's three right so it really yeah. didn't bother him at all and now like yeah. we talk about it a little bit but he it's it's now it's blurred my face is just like a blurred thing that you know, yeah. hands him fruit snacks <laughs> most of the time. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good question, oh, man. man. I, yeah. yeah, I um, I ask because you know when I, whenever I come home with a bruise or a scar or a scrape on my face or anywhere, immediately my kids are like, "Oh, Papa, you have a you have an owie on your face. Let me kiss it." Uh, and so sometimes, yeah. like you know, it's it's so sweet. I'll take it all day, every day, right? Yeah. Like, um. Sometimes I'll have like a bruise on my foot or like, you know, I have like my toes are all jacked up from training for so long. Like, like my pinky toes are like broke at one point and like they don't go back to normal. And so they're wonky. And so my do- my little three-year-old will be like, oh, Papa, let me kiss your toe. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do- I just walked in. I haven't showered, dude. Relax. Relax. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Um, you want to you talk about yeah. jiu-jitsu? Actually, you know, that, that- oh, go ahead. Actually, one one more funny thing happened that it just it dawned on me as I was telling that story, and I gotta share the story because it's so ridiculous. So again with Shia, man, she's had she's had quite the week. So, you know, every Monday I pick her up to go to jujitsu, and um, pick her up from daycare at the Y, and she's in this phase where she's like obsessed with beads, you know, like little beads you put on a necklace, oh, right? Yeah. And That's funny. so Owen's into that she, too. They're the same age. It makes yeah, sense, yeah. right? So. I'm going to give you some a, a tip that you, hopefully this doesn't happen to you, but in case it does. So she's in this phase also where she doesn't want to let go of them. She's like, hold them, hold them in her hand forever and ever and ever in her sleep when we're traveling, everything. So um, I, again, one of those battles, I'm like, fuck it, hold your bead. I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, or, or it's a rock. I'm like, fine, hold the rock. I don't care. So we're driving to jujitsu and I hear this in the back. And I'm like, you okay, kiddo? You need to blow your nose? And she's like, no, she's like, my nose feels funny. My nose feels funny. And I get back there and she's rubbing her nose, like one side of it. And she doesn't want to show me what's going on. So like, you know, I'm changing her for jujitsu and I'm taking her shirt off and she goes like this, gets her arm out of her shirt and gets right back her hand on her nose. Right. And so I'm like, baby, what's going on? And I'm like, do you have, do you have mocos? Like, do you have, do you have boogers? And she's like, I don't know. And so we try and blow it. And I look in her nose to see if I, I don't see any boogers. And I look and I see like something sparkly in oh her nostril. God, dude. I'm like, that's a weird looking booger. Like maybe it's the way the light's hitting it. And she, I'm like, oh, baby, it looks like you have you have a moco. Papa's going to help you blow your nose when we get inside the gym. So she goes, yeah. And I have a bead in my nose. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? And like it, like it was like in the sixth sense. Everything, all the clues she gave me, like made sense all of a sudden. I was like, "Oh shit, this is what you were trying to tell me." And so I'm freaking out because I, Melena's never done this, right? Like yeah. this is also very unlike Shia to stick a freaking 
pebble or fucking bead in her nose. And so my initial reaction is hold one side of her nostril and have her blow out the other, right? Doesn't work because the bead has a hole in it. So all the snot's going, there's like snot going through the hole. So I get to the gym. I like kick in the door. I'm like, you know, the front desk person is working. Our professor's on the couch. I'm like, she's got a bead in her nose. And so like, everyone's like, they just, whatever, get it out. Because like, you know, you know, it's just whatever. Right. And so, um, I asked the front desk person, Hey, do we have tweezers here? Uh, and she goes and grabs like these long tweezers. Right. And um, as I'm trying to finagle it out, I call Van. I'm like, baby, I don't know what to do here. Do I need to take it to urgent care? Like what's going on? Like, and, uh, she's like, all right, let me Google it. And so as she's Googling it, I lay her down on the couch. Someone holds a flashlight for me. I, I pull it out with the tweezers. And she calls me back like maybe two minutes afterwards. She goes, okay, Google says to hold one side of her nostrils and have her blow. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't use tweezers. Don't use tweezers, do they? And I'm like, uh, I got news for you, baby. <laughs> so all's well that ends well. But I was like, God, Bro, that's always something. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Becca actually, uh, when she was a kid, got a crayon stuck in her nose. Oh my God. Yeah. Did, you, did her parents like, I think, like, I think she ended happened? up in the hospital for that one. I can't remember how they got it out, but oh, yeah, God. it's a good, it's, dude. I think you handled that well. Oh my God. So now every, every, since then, Hey, what do we put in our nose? Nothing. What do we put in our mouth? Food and drink. That's it. Right. Like <laughs> I can't do this again. guys. Yeah, dude. I'm giving you, I'm giving you a stripe for that one. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> right on. Uh, uh, yeah, dude, good transition. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about jujitsu. Yeah, twit this weekend t- training, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, this week, as I mentioned at the top, you know, this weekend training is it's been a little tough for me. You know, I, I'm I'm a little zonked, I'm a little tired. You know, traveling with kids, like, you know, it's just, it's tougher than I realize it is. Even when you have a great partner, right? Like, it's just it's a lot, and um, and so training's been kind of whatever. And earlier this week, you know, like I was training with a blue belt and he caught me. I got caught by a blue belt. And honestly, it's all good. I don't care. You know, like I'm not mad about it. You know, I'm not, I'm not in my feelings about it. I'm not like in my head about it. It's like, actually, honestly, the emotion I have about it is pride for this guy. This is someone who I've spent some time with training and teaching. And um, I'm actually super proud of him for, he caught me in a triangle choke. And we started, like, I started on the bottom. He actually, this was after one of the classes I was teaching. And, you know, um, he got on top. And usually, you know, I, I'm not, I don't like pulling guard. But I pulled guard here. And he um, he got on top and passed and transitioned into a really nice, like, heavy side control and transitioned that into a really beautiful triangle. And it was in. It was tight. And people were watching. And, you know, wh- what I don't like is when I see upper belts, they get caught by a lower belt and then there's still time on the clock. And then they're like, Oh, I'm going to get them. Oh, it's time to go, 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 go. I'm going to fuck you up now. Yeah. That's like the worst attitude, right? Like if you're going hard already, yeah. still go hard. If you're going light, yeah, still go light. Keep whatever energy you had. Like, don't be a sore loser, right? Just keep rolling. I mean, that's the beauty of jujitsu yeah. is like, you know, this isn't the first time he's going to catch a black belt. And it's not going to be the last time he catches a black belt. He's a, he's a legit blue belt. He trains a lot. And he's got a good attitude. You know, most of the time he trains a lot. You know, there are times I'm like, I wish he trained a little more, dude. Like, I got to ride his ass a little bit, right? But, like, he's got a good attitude. And I'm, like, super proud of him. And, you know, for me, it's just, you know, a reminder. Like, you know, it's like um, you got to show up with the right attitude, right? Like, hopefully we both learned something from this. Hopefully he found a really cool movement technique for him. And hopefully for me, you know, it's just like, Hey, all right. When I do this, I'm super susceptible to that move, that triangle. Okay. I, I got to be really cautious of that. Even against a white belt, blue belt, whatever it is, I got to be really cautious and mindful and use it as a learning experience. You know, like some of the best black belts will get caught by their blue belt students. And that means they're doing a good job. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that's kind of my, uh, my spiel for training this week. I mean, it also reminds me of Melina and her, uh, and her jacket, right? Where she, uh, it was Milena in, in her jacket, right? Shia, Shia. Yeah, sorry, Shia in her jacket, right? So yeah. Shia gets out of the car and she goes, oh, actually, it's a little cold. Dada, like, you know, why don't I have my jacket? Totally. At that point, you're like, you know, like, 
you you in some ways you know you lost that situational drill yeah you know because yeah. like now yeah. she's she's the one who's winning that position but ultimately like that that uh you know accepting that moment is is, totally. is your technique actually or your your teaching actually winning right so totally. I don't know, it's very similar not that like you know getting your kid to wear <laughs> wear their jacket or <laughs> losing an argument with a three-year-old is like you know the equivalent <laughs> of getting like you know chokes unconscious strangled but like it's yeah, a similar yeah. lesson um dude that's that's uh, cool I'll, yeah i yeah I, i'm super proud of yeah, him. yeah i know the guy you're talking about and um one he's a he's a teacher right like he teaches the fundamentals class yeah. and he teaches kids classes sure uh, so it's not like it's just some jabroni off the street and he's also a guy who when he's consistent man he's unstoppable and so he's good I, sometimes that like him him tapping you <laughs> is going to mean so much more to his training than you getting tapped yeah. Um, yeah, he said that to me actually. He, he he told me he's like, this is one of the highlights of my my jujitsu career so far. Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm super happy to hear that. But there will be more. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah. will be more. And so, buckle up. It's gonna be a fun ride. It's gonna be a bumpy ride, right? And and just yeah. have fun with it. Enjoy it, right? Yeah. And it's gonna happen to you one day. It's gonna happen to you, right? So it's all good, man. You know. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah. That's great. So, uh, I, how yeah. I'm curious about like. When you were coming up, because I, I know the answer for me yeah. is that, you know, and I actually know the answer today because I'm, you know, I'm still just a brown belt, um, is that what, you know, how did you learn to not be so reactive after something like that happened? Because that certainly isn't the culture of jujitsu that I came up with, you know, yeah. came up in, right? Like when I came up, when you tap that upper belt, like it was on, like, you know, immediately after. Yeah. So what made you have yeah. that perspective? I think it's just having, you know, that's a great question. I, 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 honestly, I think it's just having the experience, right? Like being there. I, I don't have such a fragile ego where I'm like, I got to fuck this guy up now. I know I can fuck him up. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Right. Like, and I don't mean that in a pejorative sense. I like, I know I can beat him. And so I'm, and having the experience as, as an educator, as a teacher, right on the mats, it, it's, it's it's equally important to me as my on map performance, it, seeing the success of my students, yeah. right? And so when I see him have a nice win like that, it it means as much to me as when I have a nice win. And so um, I think teaching has helped curb that quite a bit. And um, you know, and on the flip side of that, when I see him compete at a tournament and pre perform poorly, I'm equally hard on him as I am on myself when I perform poorly, yeah. right? Like I want to see my students perform to their abilities. And that doesn't mean I'm going to ride your ass if you lose. Not at all. But if you show up and you and you do your best and you lose, that's a different story is that, than if you don't show up yeah. and you lose, right? If you just phone it in. So to answer your question, I think having experienced teaching has really helped kind of shape that perspective. You know, I, I kind of grew up in a in a more hard-nosed environment too, right? I, I, can't, I have a lot of years of wrestling behind me and I, I grew up wrestling. And in wrestling, it's like, uh, you're going to get me, I'm going to get you. And if you're going to outwork me, not going to happen. I'm going to outwork you. And I'm going to grind and grind and grind and grind. And, you know, as I, the older I get and the wiser people I train with, I'm able to kind of pick their brain on this stuff. And um, it's it's helped really kind of shape a more mature outlook on, on training and, and what it is and what it means, especially as we, as we get older and, and other things in life go on, right? Like, so. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just such a good lesson coming from someone with your depth of experience um, to say, "Thanks, man." Hey, look, you're going to get tapped a ton, and you know, the reaction isn't to immediately snap back and try and do it to the person who just did it to no. you. Uh, to uh, yeah. give them a moment to celebrate. Yeah, I got I got caught by a blue belt a couple of weeks ago, um, and like the circumstances of him catching me were like. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say nefarious, but they were like, okay, buddy. Spill the beans. Oh, I was just, I was rolling with this kid who's good. I really like him. Yeah. Um, he's kind of, he's got a, a bigger body type. He's longer. And um, yeah. he sat back on a toehold. And oh. I was like, again, I would never, uh, you know, I, I kind of respect yeah. the rules of the rank. And I wouldn't, I would never yeah. jump on a toehold on a blue belt, right? 
Uh, and yeah. so I didn't expect him yeah. to come to jump on a toehold. So I wasn't even thinking about that part of the game, right? Defending that part of the game. Yeah. Um, which, cause you know, it's like something I'm working on. We have training partners that are awesome uh, at, at the Gorilla Den who are really yeah. pushing us to get, get sharp with our leg game. And so totally, uh, you know, he, he caught it. And then there was a minute where he caught it and I was like, how hard am I going to fight this? And yeah. then I was like, he's doing everything he's supposed to do. Like he's pushing it. He's like pushing it back in towards my butt. Like it's like, it's on. And so I tapped and I was like, Hey man, like nice toehold. That was, that was sick. Um, totally. I didn't expect a blue belt to start toe holding me. Cause that's, you know, yeah. not legal in any, yeah. you know, maybe in not in a uh, Naga, but like any place where I would be competing or, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's not cool, Yeah. but also you did it right. And that's okay. Yeah. And like, again, and there are like worse things that happen than like getting caught in a situation like that. Um, totally. And again, like that's, he's a person yeah, I think- who I can normally tap, you know, three to five times in a round. Like, it's not like it's a, yeah. it's not like it's like a big strain on my ego. He did it. He did it right. He did it well. I, yeah. I was applying the defense and my defense wasn't good enough. And so it's like, man, just, yeah. just take it. Like, it's okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, um, I think as upper belts, we have, it's, it's a weird responsibility we have, right? Like we can't do those things to the lower belts and we expect them to know you can't do that. You're not supposed to be doing those moves and until you're an upper belt. And yeah, a lot of times they don't know. And so even when they do something like that, you got to just what you did, right? You kind of just got to go through it and then. And then maybe educate them at the end of the round, like, hey, dude, you're not really supposed to do that, but you did it well. You did it right. You know, like, or if you're going to do it, just yeah. make, make sure your training partner is okay with like, hey, I know you're an upper belt. Like, are you, are you cool with me throwing leg stuff? Right. Like, um, so that's, that's the, that's the role I like to take actually. Yeah. So like, I am totally cool with lower belts, yeah. like putting Same. it on as yeah. long as we're clear about it from the, yeah. from the jump. Right. Because, yeah. you know, the, the tendons in the lower half of the body yeah. are not, not strong. friendly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so as long as we're all on the same page, like, hell yeah, blue belt, let's start working those heel hooks. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you, like if you start doing it now, by the time you get to my level, you don't Could have it. to learn it at my yeah, level. Totally. Like I'm learning it now. Totally. So I was, I, I, but yeah, like, I, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and also like, you know, being an upper belt and having some knowledge of that stuff, I'm, I'm a safer person for them to do it Absolutely. on than doing it on another blue belt where it's just like, Oh man, like that's a, that's a freaking car wreck. It's a recipe for disaster. Totally. I was going to say, you know, the one thing that, that does get me a little like riled up is like when I see an upper belt doing something like putting a heel hook on in the gi. And then, you know, that's when I'll make the joke like, oh, we're playing by prison rules. And then that may, that may like light a fire (laughs) under me. You know what I mean? Like that may light the fire under me. But like, you know, with lower belts, you know, like I said, it, it's it's almost unfair as upper belts are supposed to know this. As lower belts, we are supposed to expect the lower belts to know it as well. But no one's necessarily yeah. ever told them, right? So I, I certainly give more leeway to a white or blue belt that does that unbeknownst to them that it's, it's not cool than a purple, brown, black who throws a heel hook in a gi or does something like, you know, just something that's like not traditionally like cool. And, and – Hey, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm game. If that's if that's what we want to do, let's do it. But let's make sure we talk about that first. Or as I discover it in the round, I may go a little harder. That's what that's what may turn the switch a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Of course, I think that's just yeah. part of the culture, man. Like that's that's yeah. acceptable. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in my week, you know, I uh, I obviously have like this giant black eye, and I mentioned it earlier. It's like yeah. the worst black eye I've ever had. Um, and the way I got it was I was rolling with a blue belt and, um, he's a good guy. His jujitsu has, has really progressed. He works really hard at the gym and, uh, he, I wasn't, you know, I was going into the role. I think it was my last, it was the last round of the day. I had just rolled with, uh, you know, probably like four back-to-back black belts and, I was like, cool. Like I called him out and I actually, I, I called him out and, um, he was, he had just said yes to rolling with a white belt. And I had said, mm. Hey man, like, let me, let me steal you. Come on. I want to get around him with yeah. you. Cause I knew he was going on vacation. Um, and, and obviously I like him quite a bit and I don't think that I 
for me, it was a playful round. I was trying out some fun stuff. I was, you know, doing some kind of sneaky new techniques that I've been working on. Um, yeah. And spending too much time on YouTube. And he, uh, I think that he may have had a different, you know, even, even if I'm approaching that role with a certain lightness, that doesn't necessarily mean he can do the same thing, right? Like his skill totally. in athleticism isn't at that same level. And so totally. for him, he doesn't, you know, it's, even if he's trying to be playful, it's, it's another level for him. And so sure. he kind of was trying to get head control and swung his elbow back and clipped me in the eye really, really hard. Um, and yeah, for me, it was just like this lesson in, uh, like, okay, like sometimes your biggest mistakes happen or your biggest injuries or your biggest, whatever happen in that moment where you just relax and don't respect the gravity of what's happening. Right. Because you're still in the fight, right? It's it's a playful, but you're still in the fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And like I I mentioned, you know, most, um, mistakes in in mountain climbing happen on the descent on the way down right like after you've already done the hard thing and you're on your way home like you're climbing down everest and that's when you get yourself in a situation that's life or death right or in cycling you know you never hurt yourself climbing up the mountain you always hurt yourself coming down the mountain um and it's in that how interesting it's it's because you don't have that same you know you you maybe lose the respect because you're caught up in yeah. in the fact that you just did the hard thing perfect case you know i i just rolled with four black belts and now i'm like okay cool i got a got a nice little blue belt here like let's just play yeah. and it's not playing for everybody and i i wouldn't yeah. say that he was escalating the role to a level that was inappropriate i would just say that for him he, he that level of playfulness isn't really available in his jiu jitsu right now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of his learning process, right? It's part of everyone's learning process, right? And and this too will be a part of his learning process, right? As we kind of what we talked about last week, it's it's everybody's responsibility. It's each partner's responsibility to keep the other partner safe, right? And so yeah. this will be a learning experience for him on on remembering, like, man, I gave Blake a black eye, a really bad black eye. This is an adult. Uh, this is a guy with kids. This is a guy who's like a, a an adult job, right? Like. Like I need to be mindful of, of how I'm rolling and being playful. Right. And like, and like matching the energy. Right. And so, um, so I think that that's a, that's a great lesson for him. And, and unfortunately it came at the, the cost of your eye. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's a sweet guy. He felt so bad. He yeah. immediately after our round, like ran off the yeah. mat and got me an ice pack and totally, you know, he was, yeah. he was really apologetic and I actually, and so, but right after it happened, he said, Oh, great. Now you're going to totally beat my ass. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was my responsibility to yeah. not do that. Yeah, right? totally. It, totally. You know, like it was my responsibility to show him, hey, I understand this is a sincere mistake. And if I tell you it's cool and then I womp on you, like that's two totally different things, cool. right? And right. I and I right. show you that that's the behavior that you're supposed to show lower belts after they hurt you on accident that you're supposed to beat yeah. their ass. And then, yeah. and that's the cycle continuing. And in fact, like even after the role, after class was over, he did something that I've been working with him on and he got it wrong and it drove me insane. And, um, <laughs> and so I spent like, you know, 10 minutes with him after class yeah. re showing him this thing that yeah. we've been working on. Yeah. And, he's, uh, he's a always, tough guys, kid. always yeah. just, if you're listening to this, when you shoot the underhook, Put your hand underneath your knee, not on top of your knee from the knee shield, okay? If you put it on top of your knee, if you're going to smash your underhook, you got to put it underneath your knee. Sorry, like we nice. don't talk about technique here because that's really boring. <laughs> but this drives me freaking bonkers and we've worked on it. And he like does everything else right except for this one detail, which is the most important detail. Anyways, nice. so I was – after our round, I was like, cool, man. Like I just want yeah. you to know, like literally no hard feelings. Let's get let's make yeah. the jiu-jitsu even better. I love that. And it really um, kind of goes back to your story earlier, your anecdote earlier about Owen, right? Like where you're like – yeah. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Or it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. And then you're like, you're not modeling the behavior in that instance. Yeah. And then you, and then you eventually model the right behavior that you want him to do. Right. And it's the same thing when you're rolling with this guy. We're like, if, if you just want to beat him up afterwards, you're not really modeling the behavior that, that is appropriate in those situations. Right. Because one day he's going to be a brown belt and one day he's going to get a black eye and one day he's going to have to meet that cross where it's like, how do I react? One day he's going to be a black belt and he's going to get tapped by a blue belt. And he's going to be like, yeah. how do I react? Do I fuck him up right now? Or do I 
do I actually show like I'm proud of you, dude? Like, you know what I mean? It, it all kind of goes back to modeling the behavior that you want your students to have, right? Yeah, man. It's awesome. Um, yeah, dude. And then I just really want to quick call, quickly call out uh, my buddy Colin Okayama at uh, yes. Roots BJJ in Phoenix. Got his black belt last night, and one I'm so so proud of Colin. Like, dude, he like his jujitsu is super sharp. He's really technical. Um, I always, I've been training with him, I think since I was, maybe since I was like a high level blue belt or like right after I got my purple belt and I go to Phoenix like four times a year and I always go to Roots. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful academy, a really great culture that they have at that gym. And Colin has just been, I rolled with him the first time I went there and then immediately found him on Instagram and was like, Hey man, like that was a really great role. Like I want to, I want to keep up with you. I want to, you know, meet you every time I come into nice. town, so that we can kind of, you know, test our levels on each other and keep up as friends and all this stuff. So, you know, the jujitsu, you know, family is very strong in that. But the the second thing is, I, you know, I DM'd him, uh, like when I saw it last night, I was like, hey man, like, you know, well earned, super proud of you. And he said to me, uh, he's like, hey man, I said it's uh whatever, you know, he's just gonna take some getting used to because. Just on Sunday, which was you know four days before he gets his black belt, the yeah. most prestigious thing that I think you know most people can achieve in this sport, uh, he yeah. said he had one of the worst open mats of his you know memory at, at jujitsu and just got smashed the whole open mat and felt like it was you know it was crap and it's funny because I I've had a very similar Sunday uh, over here at, at, at Legacy at our gym and then on Tuesday which was yesterday, which is when he got his black belt, I had one of the greatest training sessions I've had in months. And yeah. it was a great reminder that it's just like, it is about the bigger picture, um, you know? And it isn't just about these like day-to-day little no. achievements. Like you have to yeah. reward yourself with them, but like it's part of the beauty of jujitsu. It's part of the beauty of why it takes 10 years to get a black belt is you, you literally can't focus on every single loss with something at that scale. So, totally. Yeah. Totally. Man, I, I rolled with you yesterday too. And yeah, you, you felt really good, dude. You, you, you've been progressing. Ah, and I don't know man. Colin. Of course, dude. Of course. I mean, okay. I, I think I told you, look, for those of you who haven't rolled with Blake, I, when I first rolled with him, I, I had a nickname for him. It was Doomsday. Because if anybody <laughs> out there is a comic book nerd like me, you can't kill Doomsday the same way twice. And Blake is the same way. You can't catch him in the same submission twice. He learns from it. He gets better. And and that's just been my experience rolling with you, man. It's been, it's been um, every time we you you get better and better, and it's making me better too. So I really appreciate you as a partner, uh, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, of course, of um, course. And, and yeah, you know, I don't know Colin. I would... <laughs> Colin's. I, I was just gonna say I, I don't know I don't know Colin, but man, congratulations, dude. If if, if that's coming from Blake, uh, man, I'm sure it's well deserved. And big ups, man. That's that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. And I'm uh, also like, I would say much of the progress that I've made in the last year has a lot to do with, you know, my training partners and Uday, you know, you're probably one of my favorite, most, um, uh, most educational training partners. Um, you know, yesterday we were playing uh, stand up, and I mean, I have pulled guard almost exclusively in every tournament that I've been in. I used to compete yeah. quite a bit, I'm starting to compete again yeah. now. And the very fact that like, I even shoot on you is like such a huge, huge accomplishment for me. And that is all from, that is like largely from the way you coach me into getting comfortable, you know, on my feet. And, and like now I'm like super comfortable. Ah, I'm I'm way more comfortable on my feet, comfortable enough to try and shoot on you, which is saying a lot. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're improving greatly there, man. It's, it's super, it's super fun to watch. Super fun to be part of that. Right. And so um, good job, man. Uh, by the way, I, I'd be remiss if we moved on from this section without calling out um, the fact. So I, when I was in Seattle, um, I trained at a gym out there. And I just want to give the, the give that gym a big thank you. Um, it's, it's called Zoo Jiu-Jitsu in Seattle. It was like a 10-minute walk. I found it because it was like a 10-minute walk from my sister-in-law and brother-in-law's place. And um, walked over there one rainy, one rainy morning. And um, it was mostly white and blue belts. And the instructor there was a really, really great guy, a really good black belt named Bob. And just want to shout out the, the Zoo Jiu-Jitsu crew and Bob for being so welcoming and hospitable and allowing me to train there as long as I did. And um, it was a lot of fun. And that's one of my favorite things about tra- traveling guys is always bring your gi, always bring my gi. You know, like if I can sneak away while the family's sleeping for an hour or while the kids are watching cartoons, 
deuces. I'm out. I'm going to go train, right? So I um, just yeah. want to give them a thank you and a shout out. I don't want to get too down this rabbit hole because we are, we're yeah. talking about jujitsu for a while, but yeah, um, I think, you know, I would be curious what your tips are for people going in and visiting and dropping in someplace, like, especially as a, as a high level practitioner, like yeah. you're a black belt and, and a serious black belt. It's like, what's it like when yeah. you, you know, how do you approach your roles there and how do you approach when you enter a, a gym like that? Totally. I think it's, it's always important to, to be humble, right? Like, I mean, in any instance in life, right? That's, that's a tip for anything in life. Like leave your egos at the door with your shoes, right? Like you go in and, um, and if there's a drop in fee as a black belt, you always offer it, right? Like you, you'd never like, but I'm a black belt. Fuck that. You're visiting somebody, you're visiting their home. This is their livelihood, right? So you always offer it. Um, if they say no, they may, that's okay. If they ask you to show something, you show it, you know, like, um, but to me, it's all like the instructor asked me, like, "Hey, if you want any, if anything you want to add to or correct, please by all means." Oh, I was like, cool. "Dude, no, this is your show, bro. I'm yeah. I'm here to visit, and um, I'm not stepping on your toes. I just want to. I'd love to learn from you. You know, I'd love to see what. That's why I'm here, right? And and then um, I think it's also really important that like not to get overly competitive, right? Like the last thing you want to do, even if you're even if you're significantly better than the instructor, and this is not necessarily, I'm not saying this is the case when I visited zoo, but if you go to school and you're significantly better than the instructor, the last thing you want to do is show up the instructor, right? Like you can have a competitive round, but like, you know, his students are watching or her students are watching. And the last thing you want to do is like, just go in there and like railroad them and fuck them up. Right. Like have a fun, playful round with them and just match their intensity. Right. Like, yeah. I'm not saying lie down and, and roll over, right? But like just match your intensity and just have a modest role. And by the way, that's the same thing for if you're a purple belt, a blue belt, a brown belt, right? Like anybody visiting, you are a guest in that person's home and they're they're welcoming you with open arms. So just the overall theme is just be respectful, right? Like how would you want to be treated if it was your school? Um and, and treat the person that way, right? Respect yeah. no shoes on the mat, no shoes in the areas that are not supposed to be shoes on shoes in the areas that are supposed to be shoes on all the little things, right? Like treat it like it was like if they were visiting your school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, 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 I think that's great advice, man. Yeah. It's good to hear from you too, that like, you know, you don't go in and it's another ego thing, right? Like yeah. if your ego is so fragile that you can't walk into a gym where nobody knows you and just be like, Hey man, I'm just a student like everybody else. If I get tapped yeah. today, I get tapped today. Like whatever. I'm just here to train. Versus like, I, I have to prove my, myself in this environment where yeah. I'm likely not going to see any of these people again, totally. you know, and they're probably not going to remember me in, yeah. in as soon as they leave, you know, and yeah. instead I got to like prove a point here. Yeah, that's, I, I really appreciate that advice. Totally. And I think it's, it's a, it's a, you're threading a needle when you're rolling with lower belts, right? As an upper belt, when you're visiting, you're threading a needle because you don't want to, you don't want to fuck them up, but you also want to yeah. show them like. Hey, this is what jujitsu could look like, right? Like this is this is this is another look, you know. And so you're still showing them as a black belt, like, hey, this is some cool shit I'm gonna do, right? And so yeah. you don't want to fuck them up, but you also want to show them like, this is black belt magic, all right? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is this is this is the cool stuff you can be learning in jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Let's uh, yeah. let's talk about snacks. Yes. Oh my God, Blake. Dude, all right. I feel really bad because last week I showed something super unhealthy. This week is going to be no different. And I promise, guys, next week I'm going to try and show something healthy. But this week <laughs> I got to go with Trader Joe's Enchanted Jangle. All right. Yeah. This stuff I discovered. My wife picked this up for us to go. Like, you know, we were going on that trip, right? She's got something fun for the kids. It's This is the description. A magical mix of assorted candy treats and it is not lying guys it is a magical mix it's got chocolate covered like animal crackers it's got chocolate covered marshmallows with sprinkles on them pink and orange swirled chocolate chips like chocolate covered nougat pretzels like it's amazing it's super unhealthy i can't keep my hands out of this thing um and i promise next week i'll buy some i'll find something healthier let it's me funny, ask you uh yeah go ahead Given your, given your your Midwest roots, yeah. uh, have you ever had puppy chat before? Of course, love puppy chat. Yeah, I had it for the first time when I was in college. Yeah, it seems like uh, seems like puppy chat to me. It's it's similar. 
it doesn't have Chex Mix in it. We're puppy chow. Ah, that's the best part, so, dude. The I know the it has sweet. pretzels instead. It has the okay. pretzels. I'm not a huge pretzel guy. I do prefer the the Chex of puppy chow. But um, look, so my wife bought this for the kids to take on the plane, and there was like a little <laughs> bit left by the time the flight boarded because I broke into it. This is a second bag. This is we bought another <laughs> bag because I wanted more. So guys, uh, Trader Joe's Enchanted Jangle. When you're feeling a little unhealthy, it hits the spot. I don't even want to read off the nutritional facts because it's going to depress me. Next week, something healthy, I promise. That's awesome. And like, I couldn't be more boring. Uh, I came here to talk about um, sparkling watermelon juice. (laughs) Sparkling watermelon juice that is now in in season again at Trader Joe's. It's one of those seasonal things. uh, And it comes in like usually in the summer. Um, And dude, it's like, you know, uh, if you're looking for something that's just like like post training, it's just like a little treat. They're like, I think they're like a ten ounce can. They're like sixty calories. Um, it's mostly just sugar, you know. It's it's uh, totally. fructose. <laughs> it's it's basically just watermelon juice that's uh, concentrated and sparkling, and dude, it's so refreshing. And also, like if you're looking for something to drink, like maybe like me, like, I'm not drinking alcohol right now, so. I've got some uh, some wiggle room on my calories at night um, that I would normally, you know, be filling up with a little bit of the brown stuff. And so nice. now it's like, well, I can have one of these too. Um, so it's 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 guilt-free, low guilt, and super refreshing. Uh, big fan of those. And they only come out in the summer. So get some. I'll have to check it out. That sounds really good. Or really boring nice. compared to like the snack mix no, that you just no. threw up there, listen, dude. Listen, Jank- Enchanted Jangle Mix is from the devil. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing, but it's from the devil. Oh, man. Uh, what's cooking in pop culture? You go. Tell me. You go first. Um, yeah, dude. So a new season of Alone just dropped. Have you ever watched Alone? No. Tell me about it. Dude. Okay. You got to watch Alone before you watch Selling Sunset. Like, we'll put, okay. we'll put that on the, on the book. So Alone is just an outdoor survival show. There are 10 contestants that are dropped into the wilderness. And they have, like, maybe... I think five personal items and they have to hack it for um, it's kind of like a last man standing last man or woman standing survival situation out in like the Arctic circle is where this one's taking place right now up in like um, up in Canada near Iceland. And it's so captivating. They, so they all have like a bunch of camera gear uh, and they kind of vlog their experience of what they're doing. And, they, you know, they don't have any food. They have to forage all their own food and build their own shelter. And uh, the stakes are half a million dollars. So whoever stays there the longest gets half a million oh, dollars. And the longest anyone's ever stayed is 100 days. Um, and this sounds it's familiar. Just, yeah, it's just so interesting to me. I'm not an outdoors guy, uh, which is funny because, yeah. like, my first sport is cycling, which happens all outside. And, like, I used to go bikepacking, but I'd always stay in hotels. Um and so I don't, I don't love camping, but the show, there's something that's so interesting about these people's will to survive and like the crazy stuff that happens to them while they're, and it's so boring too. It's like, they're literally shooting a, you know, a grouse with a bow and arrow and you're sitting on your couch on like the edge of your seat, just the way it's produced. Like, Oh man, like what's going to happen? And like the things that break people are super interesting. So, so, you know, some people obviously have to get pulled for medical reasons. Like they get so so depleted that, or they get like Giardia or something like that. And they got to, you know, they got to get out of there um, and get medical attention. Yeah. But some people leave because they get homesick, you know? I believe it. And they're doing fine otherwise. They've got, they're, they're killing it. And there's just part of them that's like, you know what? I'm only going to get so many Christmases with my family. Like I should go home. And like that, get losing that. that Christmas is worth losing $500,000. Like that's so get that. crazy and kind of cool. I get that. You know, like a uh, hundred days without my kids, that's hard to stomach, you know? And so yeah. I get that. Now, $500,000 hard to stomach. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man. Uh, and I, cool. think, I think part of the reason why I like watching the show is because like yeah. I'm sitting on my couch you know, in my plush hoodie, drinking yeah. sparkling yeah. watermelon <laughs> juice. And like, oh, come on, man. You could hack it another couple of days out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, the reason this sounded so familiar, as you explained it to me, is so one of my best friends, um, he's a VP of casting and reality shows, and he is casting for a similar show. And he was here the other night. We we're chatting. I think he was telling me about this very show, actually. So um, that's super cool. I, I got to check it out. You're the second person in a week that's told me about this. So it sounds like I really got to check it out. I think you would like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. You would, you would start your planning. I think you start yeah. building a list of like, okay, what are the four <laughs> things that I would bring out there? What, what, what action items would I accomplish first? Like, I, I think you know, I bring it. my spreadsheet. You know, I'm bringing my spreadsheet, <laughs> my to do list. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, you know, for me, today, so today is June 14th, 2023. To, in a scant two days, the movie Flash comes out. And I'm super stoked about this. I am going to try and check, catch it this weekend. And um, I'm a big comic book nerd, as I mentioned earlier, and especially a Batman nerd. And the original 1989 Batman movie with Michael Keaton is what kind of kickstarted my whole like, oh, this is really cool, right? I was super young. I was like seven. And um, it just kind of opened this new world to me. And he's going to be Batman again. And I'm fucking stoked about it. And I'll show you something right now, Blake. I don't know if you can see this. For those of you who are, are listening and not watching, you may not be able to see this. But that's my wedding band. And the, if you look carefully, you can see on the inside of it, my wife, when she gave it to me, there's a little Batman symbol in there um, in the black part. And it's the coolest fucking thing. And that's, that's how big of a Batman fan I am. And so I'm, I'm really stoked about this movie. Yeah. You know? And so, um, and I think the whole nostalgia of it all, you know, and, and, and what it meant to me as a kid and how it kind of shaped all my hobbies as a kid. And, and the fact that it's on my freaking wedding band. Right. Um, um, I'm, I'm feeling really hopeful about this movie. You know, I'm feeling very excited about it. And I think, you know, comic book movies in general, um, I know you're not a huge comic book fan, so this may be boring to you, Blake, but I, I think, you know, comic book movies in general over the past couple of years have, have taken a bit of a nosedive in terms of quality. And um, and I think one of the things they, they've been doing to kind of reinvigorate the genre is, is bring back, like tie together different worlds, right? Like Spider-Man has brought back a couple times, right? Oh, there's people who played Spider-Man, right? And so um, yeah. this new Flash movie is doing that too. And so hopefully that kind of reinvigorates the genre a little bit. And um, and I, I'm like super stoked about it, man. It's something silly I'm going to do and hopefully watch a van and make her drag her along. And, and maybe it's my Father's Day gift, right? So um, yeah. check that out this weekend. That's awesome, dude. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I, dude, if you're excited about something, I'm excited for you, you know, even <laughs> thanks, if it's bro. not my cup of tea, like you're, you have a contagious enthusiasm. Oh, so thanks, I, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's why you're such a good instructor, man. So I'm, oh, I'm excited it, for you to see the flash. So yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I will say that Michael Keaton's Batman was also, you know, we're, you and I are about the same age was equally yeah. influential. Like I remember yeah. being, uh, you know, I think I, see it in theaters i can't remember we were pretty young to see it in theaters yeah um yeah. but i do remember that one being like because that was the first time it was like really real you know yeah um totally. like the, the the outfit or whatever like the batmobile all that stuff so it cool. was real and, uh, yeah it was either that one or the one that followed my dad actually worked on it um, no way my dad's a yeah yeah my dad's a sign painter and a scenic painter for um Dope. the the industry and yeah. uh he was i think he was on either that one or the second one um yeah, yeah dude and That's so, so cool. we had yeah it was it was cool to have that like access to it for sure as a kid oh my um, gosh how dope yeah i did you I, see oh go ahead good uh, i was just gonna, I was say, gonna say go you go you go you go okay. uh the, the there's a documentary about val kilmer um Oh, that is really good. It's really interesting. I, I, I didn't have the kind of respect that I have for Val Kilmer until after I watched it. Um, and he just talks about how every actor there, like Batman's the dream role. Like, yeah. you know, like in his generation, like it was like, yeah, nobody, like it was just such a huge, like you get to be freaking Batman. Like it was such a big deal. What else can you ask for? Right. Yeah, and uh, I think his was the he was the worst Batman ever. 
like his film was like so bad like i think down in the, in the books like he's probably one of the worst and he talks about like how devastating that was because there's a lot of reasons why right like it was the it was the person who directed it it was the yeah. you know the villains that he had to deal with yeah. in that one i can't remember who his villains were it um, was jim carrey as the riddler and oh, tommy lee jones yeah. as two-face but i will say with all respect to mr george clooney george clooney was the worst batman ever, <laughs> ever. yeah okay yeah i mean uh, yeah. the reason and the reason why val was so disappointed by it yeah. was because he realized that to play the role you actually don't do a lot of acting you you huh, know you put on at least at that time when they're making movies he's like the suit does all the work you put the suit on you move this way you move that way you say your lines and hmm. like the you don't you don't do a lot of acting and it's hard for him because val took the role really seriously and he was a you know he's a method actor and he gets really into all this stuff and he, he was sort of heartbroken that it was it wasn't it, it could have been anybody in the suit to him you know it wasn't important that it was him in the suit um which i thought was an interesting reflection on what it means to be batman certainly like you know I can't believe I'm talking this much about this. Um, like, <laughs> I love it. When you look at like the Christian Bale Batman, right? Yeah. Like there is like his, his I guess the Christian Bale Bruce Wayne um, was so complex, you know, and his like yeah. the backstory was so interesting that I think, you know, that's the Batman that Val Kilmer wanted to play. Yeah. 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 I think, I think you're right. It, it, it had partly to do with the script. Right. And I think um, I, not being an actor myself, I could be talking out of my ass right now, but I would think that when you wear a suit and a costume like that, there's actually more acting involved to portray emotion, to portray like you know, anger um, and, and like to really, because like, like Batman and Bruce Wayne are two diametrically opposed characters, right? They're two very different people. And so when you, as an actor, are wearing the Batman suit, you have to act in the totally different character than you are wearing the tuxedo, right? As Bruce Wayne. And so to me, again, outside looking in, I'm not an actor. So please actors who are listening to this, don't jump down my throat too aggressively. But I would think that there's more, that there's more acting involved to really portray all the things that it is to be Batman um, when you're, when you're wearing the bat suit. But yeah, what do I know? Right? Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm the kid who just, wore out the VHS tape of 89 Batman thoroughly <laughs> when I was a kid, you know? So, but um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, dude, I'm shocked that I had this yeah. much uh, superhero lore in me. I love it. I like... love it. <laughs> Maybe I'll make you go cool, see man. the flash with me, Blake. Yay. Good father's day. <laughs> um, cool, man. You want to talk about, yeah. uh, let's, let's wrap this up, man. Let's talk about our lesson this yeah. week. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, you know, it's when I think about this week and I think about my kids and I think about getting tapped by a blue belt and I think about, you know, traveling to another school and um, all this stuff, right? Like it's, it's, you know, I think it's about remembering to check your ego, right? Like I said it earlier, but like leaving your ego with your shoes is such a healthy thing to do, right? And it's so important to do. And it's important to have a healthy ego. And it's also important to really check your own ego to me, right? Like, you know, we don't always, I don't always have to be right with my kids. I don't, you know, um, I don't always have to win the round. As long as I'm learning something, as long as my kids are learning something, as long as, you know, there's learnings going on. Um, and, you know, and it just, it's sometimes it's just us learning alongside our kids. You know, if she wants to be cold and get sick and miss out on those experiences, well, she's going to learn from that experience, right? And um, if I get caught by a blue belt, Hopefully, we're both learning from that experience, right? And so I think that learning, that education doesn't happen until me as a parent checks my ego, right? Like, or me as a training partner checks my ego. I, I could do the same moves over and over and over in jiu-jitsu. And most of the time, it'll work, right? Especially when we're only with a lower belt. But am I growing? No. Right. If I if I'm going to expand, I need to put myself in compromising situations and learn from those situations. If I'm going to be a better father, I need to arm my children with the confidence of their own decision making. Right. Like, OK, well, maybe Melena knows or sorry, Shia, maybe Shia knows now. Uh, you know what? 
It's gray outside. It's a little cold. It looks like it's going to rain. I better grab a jacket. It's not Papa's responsibility bringing my jacket. It's my responsibility, right? Like help arm them with this decision-making. Um, and so I guess to answer your question, my learnings for the week are, are really to check my own ego and, um, and let, you know, let my kids make their decisions, you know, as long as they're safe. Right. Yeah. Relatively speaking. Yeah. I mean, I think similarly, I, I, I like, I like the, the checking our ego is sort of a theme this week because, yeah. you know, my lesson with Owen was really that like, if, if I'm going to talk the talk, I need to walk the walk yeah. and that, um, what I think I'm doing sometimes isn't actually what I'm doing, right? Like, yeah. you know, you think that you're doing a good job of this thing and then you you kind of watch it in practice and you're like, oh, I, I you know, it's like the difference between knowing the technique and applying the technique. Um, yeah. And I feel like uh, my lesson with Owen was very similar. It was that I, um, I need to actually display the behavior that I am telling him that... Uh, I, I want him to, to adopt. Um, totally. yeah, man. And then, you know, in jujitsu, I think similarly, I see that, you know, with my sort of my, my role with, um, the person who gave me this, this black eye was that if yeah. I want him to go on and be better at jujitsu, and if I'm telling him that it's not a big deal, then I need to really behave like it's not a big deal. Yeah, um, totally. and so that was important for me as well. And even though like, you know, your natural fight or flight instinct might tell you to escalate the situation. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. that it's better for you and for that person to just uh, let it go. And, and it's, and they're going to feel yeah. just as bad about it as, as you know, they would feel if you were a jerk about it. And then if you were a jerk yeah. about it, then they just resent you. So um, totally. yeah, I think, I think checking the ego is a good, a good place to wrap this. Nice, man. Yeah, it, it sounds that sounds like it makes sense. And and you know what? I, one thing I'd love to hear from from our audience, people who are listening, is you know people with older kids. Like, how do you guys do it? Right? Like, how do you guys empower your kids who are older, maybe high school age or older, or maybe just before high school? Like, how do you empower them to make their decisions without like putting them in harm's way? Right? Like, I'm I'm concerned about that for my my kids in the future. Like, how do I? how do I empower them to do their own decision-making process while still, um, while still being a, a parent, right? Like, you know, I, I don't want to be the parent that's like, Hey, ah, okay. If you're going to go drink, you're going to suffer the consequences as a 16 year old. I don't want to do that. Right. Like, but I also yeah. want them to learn that like, if dude, if you fuck up, it, it, it could have life altering implications. Right. And, and, and I want them to experience making mistakes on their own. Right. So it's like, it's like a double-edged sword. So I'd love to hear from other parents on, on, of older kids. How do you kind of juggle that and juggle that balance? Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's great. Drop us an email. Um, you know, we'd love to hear, hear how, how you, you go with that. All right. This has been episode two of the grappling with fatherhood podcast. If you have made it this far, God bless you. And uh, please rate, review, subscribe, do all of the things, share this with the people you love. It really helps. Appreciate it. Um, if you would like to reach out to us, if you have questions to join us to address in the next episode, uh, just drop us an email at grapplingwithfatherhoodpod at gmail.com. Uh, and, you know, until next time, protect your damn necks.